and welcome back everyone. This is now part two of episode six, uh, cut down into multiple parts for editing purposes, but brought to you in piecemeal in a manner which you can enjoy at your leisure. So I uh, hope everyone enjoys. Yes, yes. Uh, we didn't want to drop a three-hour episode on you, so here's part two. We don't even get to start with the five-star GP. That's how long ago we last uh, recorded this thing. <laughs> <laughs> we get to start with Sendai and Korakuen from August 5th and 12th. Uh, from the 5th, uh, first off, uh, there was Dust and, Moto- Dust and Momo Watanabe, both of whom are actually uh, favorites of the show. They were very good. And Dust got made to do a lot of, you know, jobs and wrestle a lot of low-card people. But this was more of the match that she's capable of and can do if and when she comes back. Yeah, she seems fully confident at this point. And I don't know if this was a match they especially planned, because obviously it's not a white belt challenge. But still, the fact that they said, we'll just put you in with Momo. And you're going to take probably about 90% of the match. Yeah. Uh, up until the point where Momo just countered and beat her clean. Yeah. Um, man, I hope Dust returns. Me too. She deserves it. She's one of the better Gaijins in a while. She's great. Better new Gaijins, I should say. But yeah, there's not much more to say about that. No. Um, and then there was a trios match that basically just led up to next week's main event. And then there was artists, artist of stardom titles, John versus uh, She Kid and Tom Nakano. Yeah, I, I mean, there's always good. Sometimes you expect to have like rip roaring, incredible artist titles defenses, especially with the the Jan team because they're really really good and obviously their opponents this time were you know uh 16 year old uh tamlikana who's a bit inconsistent and shiki yeah. who is is shiki but <laughs> shiki was really working hard here she did she's worked hard in general lately she's she's developed more of that serious edge which i like to see out of her ever since she beats uh utami in that shooting uh match <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, uh, shiki shiki long legs. You, you just can't get a hold of her. <laughs> shiki shabrock. Shiki shabrock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as as usual, Toronatsuka is like the complete workhorse of these matches. She really holds it all together. Yep. At this point, Jan could have these belts for years, and I wouldn't complain. Me either. And Tora, uh, it's nice to come her run with these things to the five star because they really do portray her as some sort of trios expert because if i'm not mistaken every single title match they've had since you know they reformed as john and all that she has gotten the pin so in, don't in, mess with you know in contrast to her own singles matches really yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't mess with her in a trios match though she'll mess you up yeah yeah and obviously the star- artist artists of stardom titles mean a lot more than most companies trios belts so yeah by which we mean every other company <laughs> although i don't i don't follow mexican wrestling i i suppose lucha must have big trios belts uh maybe i literally don't know we should we should ask tim glancy we should we should that's your job. i know new japan has them but 
<laughs> I knew Ring of Honor has them, but <laughs> jeez, I think they're on the Kingdom right now. I know that's Matt Taven and some other dudes. That that is literally the the description on Cage Match. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Taven and some other dudes. They could have lost it by now, and I'd have no idea. So I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. I saw them. I'm so out of touch with a lot of wrestling that I went to that ROH show in New Orleans to see Mayu, which never happened. And uh, I saw them have a match. No, they didn't have a match. They interfered in a match between, God, what was it like? Uh, It was that ladder match. So it was like uh, the Bucks versus SCU or something. And they interfered and I had no fucking idea who they were. (laughs) not a clue they had a bad rap when they started those other guys but apparently they've sort of excelled a bit apparently they're not bad so i'm not i'm not gonna come in i'm not gonna come in here and rip people that i've barely watched so i don't know anything about them all i know is matt taven because he keeps main eventing shit in mexico (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's like a hair match coming up hasn't he or something yeah yeah um so corican corican or corican we're, we're both going to pronounce it our own ways and never comment on it, apparently. But <laughs> Yeah. It's Korakuen. Um, it, it, do, it doesn't matter. As long as we pronounce it differently, someone listening is going to be annoyed. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So my three favorite matches this year were all Momo Watanabe matches, uh, the two versus Io and the one versus Jungle. Um, and then every other match I love this year is Jungle, basically. So... I didn't, and I, this is really probably going to annoy people, but I was getting a little bored with Kagetsu too, because she has good matches, but not great matches in singles. And I was starting to get a little, you know, what the hell? I know she works hurt because she's, you know, she's the shit, but I was like, eh, she probably isn't going to have a, a world beater type of match. But no, I was wrong. <laughs> and this is, this is my favorite match of the year now. I think I agree. Um, yeah. This is what Mayu Atani brings out of people, she especially really Kagetsu, who she tells, yeah. who she obviously tells, look, just drop my drop me on my head as much as possible and hang me <laughs> from the the tallest yard arm or whatever. Yeah, I just they are two tremendously hard working women. They really probably, are. probably the two hardest working in this sort of position in the company. Well, Kagetsu already has the reputation. And I think I've heard, seen it said by people that actually work at Stardom that she's the first one in, the last one out. She does, you know, almost all of the training. She puts the ring up and takes it down. Like, she does fucking everything. She works her ass off. And uh, I don't... Why was I talking about that? Oh, because you <laughs> called them hardworking. And they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's no doubt, obviously, that Mayu is, like, the the senior person as far as talent goes in that company. And yeah. Kagetsu would be right there with her at this point. Yeah. I mean, and Kagetsu really hasn't been there that long comparatively, you know. No, and when she was there before she, before Oedo Tai sort of blew up, it was more, you know, it was more off and on. Well, what I mean, but she's, she's been there, but she hasn't actually been under a full contract until, I believe, probably around this time last year. Yeah, but um, even before, say a year or six months before the full contract, when Oedo Tai with Hanakamura got really popular, she wasn't under contract when that happened. No, she no. was still there all the time. But right before that, she was more in and out, like a Yoniyama or Hiroyo or something like that. They, 
uh, the the comment I made earlier about the uh, Takumi Aroha versus Mayu match, where you know it's expected in Korokan that you do the loop, the uh, oh, yeah. the brawling loop, where you go up the stairs, along the stairs, and then down the stairs. These two said, "Well, let's lean into that," and and <laughs> immediately Kagetsu dragged Mayu the entire way up the stairs, up to the roof access, and tried to hang her from it. <laughs> She didn't try. She did. Well, yeah, yeah. The the moment where Mayu's legs actually go over the thing and she just like stops midair. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Absolutely terrifying. The fall was that was a pretty big fall. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully there were definitely people underneath. I yeah. mean, I saw Minoru Suzuki do something similar to uh Tetsuya Naito where it was just around the head. Uh, that's ridiculous. But he, but he's using what you can't, what you can sort of tell is that he's using his body for for Naito to lean into. Whereas this is, even though it's arm and neck, it's still Mayu's legs kicking away. You know, yeah, dangling and yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely scary. I think there's like a good eight minutes near the start of this match where Mayu did not get a single offensive move in. No, she um, didn't. but th- when she did, it was literally just a slap and a sling blade. Yeah, because I mean, the the one thing that was really obvious from this match is that Mayu Itani has been watching the G one. Yes, she has. So yeah, she immediately throws in the Tanahashi reference. Then she starts no selling head kicks like she's Tomohiro Ishii. She might be. <laughs> then she starts spamming these all these suplexes and super kicks, and and then and then like the the oh what does uh, what does Kagetsu call the fu. Well, it was three of those, and then Mayu popped up at a one count. Yeah. It was just... I mean, Mayu was absolutely on a complete tear as far as just... She reached into the G1 and just kept pulling things out that she liked. Yeah. <laughs> but it all, We it, need to just keep, show, it, keep, it, keep it, showing her G1 matches yeah, all it, year. It totally worked as well. Yeah. Especially, like... Uh, when she has the when Kagetsu has the key lock on the bad elbow, and yeah. and Mayu had already um, jammed it at some point, and it just like ugh, that really felt like it, be, it could be a a disgusting submission finish. Yeah, and we haven't even mentioned yet that uh, Mayu took a fall down the entire stairway of Korakuen. Oh God, yes. Oh, I can't believe I didn't mention that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, like I say, I've seen Jerry the King Lawler do that down the entire ramp at Raw from a single punch, but right, right. But this was the steps of Korkin. It's just, oh my god. Yeah, this isn't a ramp, which I mean, isn't nice to go down, probably. But these are concrete stairs, and she was still <laughs> going head over heels, not like yeah. a, a sideways. She was genuinely yeah. cartwheeling down these stairs. It. it... Mayu's incredible. This reminded me of back, like, it reminded me of the famous EO, EO matches, honestly. It was that good to me. I just loved this match. And, of course, the uh, the choke slams were yeah. absolutely the stuff of nightmares. Just, like, not just a standard choke slam, but, like, the, the amount of time she held her up and put her straight, you know, through the canvas. Nobody yeah. does that better than could get to it these days. Yeah, I love her choke slam. It's so good. This this was a cutting edge main event as far as they go. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I mean that really says something to pass all those Momo matches because those were really great. I'm glad that Mayu's got on the board as far as big matches for the year. 
Yeah, because I don't think she had any before that. No, and if she was going to have a great one right now, it's with Kagetsu. So. Yeah. Although I, I do sense that uh, Mayu versus Momo feud. Me too. And uh, I would love to see Mayu versus Jungle. That too. Yeah. Or Mayu versus Utami. So yeah, the the five-star GP, we are finally up to it. Um, actually, first, I don't, I mean, I guess we're kind of up to it. Did you want to, uh, did you want to tell, tell them about losing to me in a pick'em? <laughs> what do you mean, losing to you? <laughs> hey, I got a full point on you right now. Okay, so the important things about the five-star right now, forget the, you know, the wrestling and whatnot, the pick'em, the five-person pick'em that I started out of spite. <laughs> five stars, five people. Yeah. Um, basically, what happened was my housemate Chris beat me in the G1 Pick'em contest, despite the fact that I know way more about New, Re- New Japan than he does. Uh, That'll teach him. Yeah. So, as revenge, I decided to start my own five star Pick'em and invite him into it. Thankfully, I'm two points ahead of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's been neck and neck the whole way. Yeah. Which isn't quite as embarrassing as the fact that, uh, that Cash, Justin's friend, is beating him. And Cash. Yeah knows nothing <laughs> he knows nothing he will watch uh i mean he's he knows more than most wrestling fans i guess because when i tell him there's an incredible match you got to see it he'll he'll go watch it so he'll have seen mayu versus kagetsu and stuff like that but he's not going to watch every show far from it but yeah he's killing killing us <laughs> <laughs> i think he started off with like two perfect shows in a row or something it was absolutely ridiculous yeah For- fortunately we've all been catching up so at the yeah. moment with one show left we have and this is somewhat unfair because shinmaru who who does some of the best writing on joshi i've seen <laughs> joined our group and he's currently on 22 which is which is rough you know the guy deserves better than that he does uh, he does then chris on 24 then me on 26 then yourself, and uh, then Cash on 28. So, yeah, so the top three spots are all one one point. It's all to play for. Uh, and all the bonuses to come as well, so. All I have to... You you were the goddamn devil and put Rachel Ellering in the final in this, didn't you? No. Who did that? Um, Rachel... Uh, uh, Shinomaru. Okay, okay. He's the devil. I've got Kelly Klein. You, okay, never mind. You're the devil too. <laughs> <laughs> at least that's not happening. Well, look at it this way. Chris has Hayashishita versus Mayu, and I think that might be happening. That very well might. He he might win it on the final day. I mean, to be honest, you're going to have to move out of the, uh, the flat. <laughs> it's not a flat, it's a house. House. He'll never let you live it down, ever. Yeah. Well, I have ways of abandoning him in the middle of nowhere because <laughs> I drive and he doesn't so <laughs> apologize right now I can um, always I can always get my own back on him always yes <laughs> I'll start three more contests out of spite <laughs> oh yeah well we're gonna do a catch the wave pick him <laughs> then we'll see yeah and through pure luck he'll beat me there as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so let's get into it. Yeah, let's talk about the red block. Where we are now, as of the time of recording, the top two spots are Kagetsu and uh, Rachel Ellering, and the second spot is uh, Jungle. 
she has eight points. Uh, along with and, Utami. Oh, and Utami. Yeah, so nine for Kagetsu and Ellering, eight for Kiona and Utami. It would be a little different. The way Kiona and Utami got there is they both had two draws, uh, one one of which was with each other. Um, and everyone has one match left, and nobody is uh, at zero anymore. Tom Nakano has two, and she has a very important match against... Uh, she's against Kagetsu on 924, so... If Kagetsu wins that match, there's nothing anyone can do, right? Because even if Rachel wins, they'll both have 11, but Kagetsu beat Rachel, so she has the tiebreaker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if Kagetsu wins, she wins. Uh, well, she goes to the finals. Um, which I don't think will happen. No, I, don't think I so. expect Tam to take that. Or at least a draw or some kind of funny business. I a, mean, a draw would be th- a great result for Tam. That could even be why Hanakamura hit Kagetsu in the head with a board uh, on the most recent show. Maybe something along those lines will happen. Um, and the other two pointer, which is uh, Natsuko Tora, has Jungle. And Jungle's trying hard to win it. She only has one loss, but like I said, she had those two draws. Yeah, it's hard to see. It, I. They've done a good job of making Natsukatora's results unpredictable. So you don't know how you, you genuinely don't know if she can pull that one out or not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's certainly possible. And then Rachel Ellering, she has uh Kimberly for her final match. And Kimberly's been losing a lot, but I also don't think it's beyond her to beat Rachel here. So it's it's gonna be very interesting. I'm excited to see what happens. If you had to put money on it. I would pick Utami. I'd probably go with Jungle, but Utami is a good bet. Yeah, they love Utami. They do. Uh, let me let me read something, because if you go to Reddit, uh, there's a startup employee, I think it's Sonny, that posts on here. And he posted a breakdown. Yeah, so here it is right here. He says... I'm just going to summarize because it's actually a really long post he made. If two people are tied, you break it down to the records against each other. If nothing is solved that way, say they had a draw, then it goes to the records over the next person with the most points and on down the line. So, uh, they don't need to go down the line. Kagetsu's beaten everybody. So, he says, Kagetsu's path to winning the five-star GP, is just win. She just has to win red stars. If she has a draw and Rachel draws or loses, Kagetsu also wins. If Kagetsu loses, Rachel draws or loses, Kiona draws or loses, and Utami draws or loses, Kagetsu still wins. So she has the big advantage. All she has to do is win. Oh, wait, that, that doesn't sound right. Did he say that if she loses but Rachel Ethering draws or loses? Yeah, because then, say she loses... Rachel Ellering would have 10 points then, and Kigetsu would have 9. Well, his bad, but yeah. I think what he means is, if Jungle draws, or if Utami draws, they would still be lower than her. Or, yeah, and of course, like we said, if they just end up with the same points, Kigetsu has the tiebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So then he says in Blue Stars, if Momo and Hazuki are both tied with 9, say they both win Sunday... And Mayu and Kelly both lose. Mayu and Kelly would ha- then have eight. Kelly would be third since she beat Mayu. 
But Momo and Hazuki both lost to Kelly. Nothing is decided. Oh, I think I put emphasis on the wrong part of that sentence. Uh, Jesus, this is actually super confusing. Um. (laughs) So you set out with the aim of trying to explain this and make it really easy for people. And all you've done is confuse yourself. Yes, basically. Fantastic. Basically, Basically, Kagetsu has the highest odds to win the thing, even though we all know it's not going to happen. And well, I mean, it could, but it's probably not going to happen. And uh, blue stars, we'll get to that later. That's also that's also very very close between a lot of people. Um, well, let's run down the people in red stars then. Okay. So obviously, Utomi Hayashishita has completely screwed me over by having a really awesome rookie run. Right. Right. But I'm not going to complain because it's been awesome. <laughs> exactly. It's been great. Um. I thought she'd start hot and then lose. And I guess that was half true. She started hot and then started getting a bunch of draws. Konami's in this block also. I think that's the only one we haven't mentioned yet. Yes, and uh, Konami started off with the win over Kagetsu. Yeah, the big win. Yeah, uh, Konami started off with the win over Kagetsu. And I was sort of thinking, oh, this is kind of her tournament then. But it hasn't panned out that way. No, she's gone... uh... Uh, 50-50 so far. But the final match she has is possibly the most interesting because she has Utami. Yeah. And that's a real test for both of them. Both of them, it really is. That's going to be a great match, um, just in the sense of how interesting it is, because I think they're, despite their difference in career lengths, are in pretty similar positions. Obviously, Utami's hot shit right now, but... Konami's been getting a hell of a push since joining uh, Queen's Quest also, and it'll just be interesting. Um, I don't think Konami can beat her because nobody's beaten Utami except for Kagetsu, but she might be able to get a draw out of her and ruin her ruin her five-star GP. It's interesting to me that we're coming in now at, this, at the end of this with Utami being so dominant that someone like Konami is now the underdog. I will say, I did want to talk about that, and I I forgot before. So, Utami is wonderful, but there's one thing she does that drives me a little crazy. Um, She has that torture rack, and her torture rack is the shit, just like her Kokina clutches. What I don't like is in the past two or three or four matches at this point, she gets the torture rack, and then she just does one pump and tosses him. And I, eh, eh, you're turning it into almost a Samoan drop then. If you're going to rack him, then pretend you're Lex Luger and rack the shit out of him. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I think I think it's designed to be a, t- uh, a submission on, like, people near the bottom of the card. But that torture rack bomb that she throws, I actually love it. It's good, but do more than one pump. You got to do more than one pump. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, you know you know what I mean by that, like where she jumps and, yeah, you but know. Put, it, yeah. It's not the sort of move where you can actually hold people in for long. It's like traditionally it's a move that people tap out quickly. You're not, yes, not going to hold someone in a torture rack for a couple of minutes. That's true too. So, But it, yeah, but, but just give me two pumps then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it just sort of bugs me. Um, but yeah, she's definitely the favorite to beat Konami, so... 
That'll be interesting. They could have her beat Utami, actually, and then justify it by the fact that she's also beaten Kagetsu. So if she can beat Kagetsu, she can beat Utami. There's that false gambler's logic. I don't think Utami loses a lot by losing to Konami, so... Yeah, I don't either. It just depends on how completely they want to push her. Yeah, and I think they want to push her hard. That's why when you said gun to my head or whatever it was you said, I would pick Utami. Uh, talk about the bottom end of this uh, group. Uh, Tam Nakano and Natsukatora one-on-one had a tremendously fun match with each other. <laughs> that was probably one of the top... <sighs> Five matches of the tournament so far. Just the way they both flew out of the blocks at each other at the start. It was, it was so great. It was so great. And then uh, they, it didn't look fake like a lot of intense wrestling brawls like that do. It looked pretty shoot. It was a hockey fight, basically. It, it was a hockey fight. They rolled right out of the ring. It's it's, <laughs> it's hilarious to see someone like Tam Nakano involved in a hockey fight. Yeah, yeah. But she's also got that thing sort of like Kyrie. Same did when she was Kyrie Hojo, where she's pretty, but she can take a beating and she can she can hold her own. Oh yeah, it's it's nothing against the toughness of Tam. It's more just the way she dresses and looks. Yes, yes. Well, that's why I would say it was like Kyrie, because everyone knows Kyrie is gorgeous. But then you see some of these matches, like we're going to talk about later. She's she's tough as nails. Now I feel like the only person we haven't talked about on this podcast so far really. It's Rachel Ellering. No. Yeah, because I don't want to. Okay, well, in that case, I guess I have to talk about her. Um, <laughs> I want to like Rachel Ellering, but <laughs> there was an incident in a match with Konami, and the fallout of that sort of left me with a really bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I mean, she started it off with, you know, a bit of sloppy work, putting her forehead or no the the crown of her head through shiki's teeth yeah that that the finish of the night before the tag match where she delivers an absolutely gorgeous black hole slam and then proceeds to rearrange shiki's face yes yeah she hits the uh the boss man slam and uh then she tries to give a spine buster i guess it's the batista style where you pick him up and fall straight forward again except she- apparently she has no sense of her own center of gravity and just goes head first like a Rob Van Dam DDT bump into Shiki's mouth. Um, Shiki, poor Shiki looked real shook up by it. She did not enjoy that. And then uh, after the three count, Rachel uh, came up bleeding out of her head. So that that's what started the the downfall, in opinion, of Ellering. Yeah, and then the following night, she... I think what happened was Konami kicked her quite hard, and genuinely it hurt her to the point where she was holding her arm uh, for the rest of the match, pretty much. Yeah. But then... Well, it also, that, that little double springboard kick that Konami does that always looks great, I think she kicked her right in the head with that thing. I think the uh, the drop kick was pretty stiff as well. Yeah. So, yeah... But, you know, it's Konami. She's going to kick you reasonably hard. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, 11 years old or, you know, 110. Konami's going to yeah. kick you. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter if you're uh, Hina, Rina, or Aja Kong. This is how she works. <laughs> yeah. So, 
basically, through the course of this, Rachel got very annoyed. And once she won the match, she got directly in uh, Konami's face and basically said, don't ever kick me that hard again. And... You know, grabbing her by the chin. Yeah, it was kind of... I mean, this was not a pretend... This was not a kayfabe comment. This was somebody who was genuinely pissed chewing out somebody else in the middle of the ring in front of the fans. And my God, it came across as unprofessional. It came off terribly. And you could see her get mad. And then as soon as she got the first chance to end the match, she did. And she sent it home. And then she started her new gimmick, apparently, uh, pinning Konami with a knee on her chest, which that pissed me off more than anything, I think. That's just, man, that's just so disrespectful. It it almost makes me harken back to the 80s when that would not have been taken very well by anybody. Go go back and do that to the Dynamite Kid. (laughs) See what happens. Um, Well, it was also the case that um, Chris Hero was there. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Cassius Ono was there, uh, sat next to Rossi Ogawa, and yeah. he was not there for the following match. He was not. So whether he was going back to check on Rachel, I dread to think what that conversation was. Does he try to excuse her behaviour and say, no, you were in the right? Or does he say, don't do that? And who knows? Um, yeah. But yeah, pins her with the knee on her chest, and then while she's laying on her back, grabs her by the chin and screams at her, well... Raises her voice at her. Just such nonsense. And then uh, she's talking to Daisuke, the referee, and uh, also very mad. Um, he's trying to calm her down, and she's having none of it. And then she storms storms out, and Chris Hero you know, has a bottle of water out, and she snatches it out of his hand. and Just complete nonsense. Yeah, she was throwing a genuine hissy fit at the end of the match, and it was... This was... You know, she just won a match. This was a completely unprofessional moment from her. Yeah, it really was. I mean, honestly, there's a lot of good gaijin, and she would be probably middle-of-the-road talent-wise. Um, I don't know if I'd recommend doing that for uh, the sake of her career. I'm just saying. <laughs> Not like I know anything or... You know, it's not like a threat because I'm a complete nobody. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you might not want to act that way unless you're fucking Shawn Michaels. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty, good, pretty good comparison, really. She, she's not talented enough to be uh, temperamental. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot scream at Vader in the SummerSlam main event. Stop it. And then I, like I said, how she made it her new gimmick. Uh, I think it was you that pointed it out to me because. I haven't watched any of her matches since. Well, I think there was a Hanakamura match that forced me to watch one. But you pointed out to me that in one of the singles matches after that against Shiki again, actually that might have been the Hanakamura match, and I just it was it was the Hanakamura match, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just trying to spit out eventually here that uh, she pinned Shiki with a knee on her chest and then grabbed her by the chin after the pin, like. This is not the gimmick you want to latch on to. <laughs> Let's remind everybody of that time I threw a temper tantrum in the middle of the ring. I think she might, again, it might just be that she's trying to convince them that, oh no, I was just, it was just a character thing the entire time. Yeah. It's fine. No, yeah. no, no one's buying it, Rachel. Yeah. No one's buying it. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I mean, she's good. I've, I, I like her work. Um, a lot more than when she first came th- first came in. Oh yeah, the first tour was not very good. Um, but she grew a lot in a year and was doing some pretty okay stuff. Uh, it's just you can't do stuff like that. And I mean, again, I'll say in case by some rare chance in hell she hears it, I'm a nobody. I don't know shit. But I do know if I did that at my job, <laughs> I'd be in fucking trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just can't do it. Um, but let's not end on a down note. Let's talk about the blue block. Yeah. So top of the block at the moment, we have Maya Iwatani and Kelly Klein. Uh, next up after them, uh, on seven points, it's Momo Watanabe and Hazuki, uh, matching match for match yet again. Uh, following them, uh, Nicole Savoy on six, then uh, uh, Natsu Samire, Jamie Hayter, and Saki Kashima all on four. Now, I want to go through this a little differently. I want to... Because this hasn't really been about the matches as much on this side of the block. So I want to go through each individual here, if you don't mind. No, absolutely. Yeah. So you start with Mayu. She started slow and then won everything since. She's had a pretty good tournament. Um, the match against Natsu might be my favorite. Uh, just because Natsu tried to lock her out of the arena. <laughs> that was, really oh my fun. god, that was amazing. Just dragged yeah. her out into the street and then barricaded the door. <laughs> With chair. And then forgot that there's a there's another There's door. always another door. <laughs> like what what were you thinking was gonna happen here? Yeah, yeah it was so good. Oh. Uh, we'll get to her. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Next is a uh, Momo. She had the draw with Hazuki, which is great, and is actually a lot of people's favorite match from the tournament. It wasn't for me, I still think. Like, after the first match, we said, okay, they left some. This was Hazuki being condescending and sort of trying to slap her around. It didn't work. Next time she'll be more serious. And she was, and it was a great match. But I still think they can do better. Yeah, but I do think this, like, like people are saying, it was better oh, yeah, in and of itself absolutely. than the first match was, so... Other than that, I mean, her tournament's been fine. Um, oh, I guess we could talk about the... Uh, or no, let's just save it for the next person. Saki Kashima. So she's had a good tournament. She managed to beat her own tag team partner, uh, Mayu Iwatani. She lost to Natsu. Well, she didn't really lose. To, we'll, we'll get to that, too. Uh, she lost to Hazuki, Kelly Klein, and Nicole, and has Jamie Hayter left. Uh, so the thing with Saki is she had such an intense match with Momo that she had to take the next show off because Momo just kicked the shit out of her. Um, and the next show was the match against Natsu, which Natsu won by forfeit. Uh, but I, I believe Saki's fine. She's been back since, so she's fine. But that was a hell of a match. M- Momo really did kick the shit out of her. But I loved how in both the Mayu and Momo match, uh, Saki is pulling out these big wins when it really matters. Yeah. Next, we will go to Hazuki. Hazuki's been, she's renamed the La Magistral, the Hazuki Straw. <laughs> and she's been, she's been beating people with that thing. Uh, Kelly Klein, Jamie Hayter. Uh, she lost to Mayu. We talked about the draw with Momo that was really great. Uh, 
she did lose to no 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 I'm sorry she beat Saki she lo- who did she lose oh she lost to, to Nicole uh, Nicole yeah okay um, and that was a really was that the match where it was just sort of weird because it just sort of ended out of nowhere. One of the things about Nicole in this tournament has been slightly aimless matches. Yeah. And I think this was just another one of those. And unless somebody really takes the match by the scruff of the neck and gives it direction, it's just kind yeah. of moves. Yeah, here's some moves. We, we're doing them. Um, and then next, I swear to God, <laughs> if, if you said Natsu Sumire... Was the five-star GP MVP? I would not argue with you. <laughs> she has been... In, this whole goddamn year, since Hana went out mostly, and she sort of had to step up how much uh, entertainment she put into the thing. Uh, God damn, Natsu Subire is great. She has been she's, fantastic. She's amazing. I mean, um, the klepto thing alone. Uh, yeah. Stealing... The Queen's Quest flag and then everything else that's not nailed down. And, yeah, and she, just so running off with it. Just just try, fleeing. She, tri- she stole Azumi's entrance mask. She tried to steal Momo's white belt. <laughs> and then uh, all these promos. Uh, I believe it was Momo and maybe maybe Mayu. I know it was Momo for sure. Uh, these pre-match promos where she's talking about, oh, I used to work with someone named Momo. And then she tells this story about just this complete terrible person and she how she's always hated everyone named Momo ever since. And then she does it again. And it's, it's just so great. And uh, But I think the highlight for her is bit was the match which wasn't even in the five star. Yeah. So the match that Saki Kashima forfeited, Natsu tried to make up for it by picking on 11-year-olds <laughs> and tried to challenge Hita and Rita to a match, which didn't work. Um, I mean, it was gonna. They were game. But uh, their older sister, Hanan, stood up for them and wanted revenge back from uh, the EO Thunder Rock show, I think was that match. And, uh, yeah, they ended up having a really good match, Natsu and Hanan. And it wasn't just a really good match. It was, I mean, look. Ordinarily, I'm not in, not always in favor of referees doing fast counts and having character in matches, but it worked. Yeah, the yeah. The, the fact that Natsu pissed the referee off so much to the point that he basically gave the win to Hanan. Ah, <laughs> oh, and it was, it, yeah. but it felt like a, it felt like a real win for Hanan as well. So you've got this like yeah, this yeah. 14 year old uh, kid. Just pulling out a major victory against someone who's he- someone who's like probably twice her age. She's probably twenty eight or something. And that's who's like twenty five. Twenty five. Okay. Yeah, but uh, oh, just just what a fantastic underdog victory. Yeah, <laughs> and like you say, even with the fast count, the ultra fast count, it still felt like a great win for Hana. Well, honestly, she held her down after the fast count to the point where you think, well, she would have held it for the three regardless. Yeah. But, yeah. It's just so great. I love Natsu Sumire. All the character stuff Natsu did around it to make you hate her and, yeah. and to put you in, firmly in Hanan's corner. Oh, I love that. It was... It's and it's one of those rare examples in stardom of like a of a storyline on a stardom on a show. 
and of an actual heel. Like she, I was even noticing it. It was so loud. Like she actually gets booed in stardom. Nobody gets booed in stardom. It's crazy. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was just, (laughs) she has been fantastic from, and we haven't, we haven't even brought up because I guess it's just hard to bring it up to find a place to slide it in, but we'll just Jimmy it in here. Her feud with Azumi might be, I I mean, it's probably not the feud of the year. (laughs) Fine. But it might be my feud of the year (laughs) because these two just trade insults with each other and they're just such (laughs) assholes to each other. It's wonderful. Just, the, the words grandma and turd have never dripped more with venom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's, uh, Azumi's always screwing with her for wearing too much makeup. <laughs> oh, I think and, and, and the comment during the match where, where Azumi just uh, accuses her of having a long face. And, yeah. and, and that's who's just like genuinely... That's that's it's, too hurtful. It's too much. It's and too then much. Azumi goes to pretend to make up, and then slaps her across her face. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or uh, I think Natsu in the most recent interaction they had was yelling at her that she's so young she should go suck on her mother's teats or something <laughs> like that. It's just ridiculous. It's so good. Oh, I love so it. So good. Me too. Anyway, that's a. Uh, we're probably going to end up having talked about Natsu more than anyone else in this block. Yeah, she deserves, she deserves it. <laughs> she deserves it. She's wonderful. Um, okay, so next we finish with the Gaijin. Kelly Klein, I got to be honest, I haven't watched a ton of her singles matches. Um, they're usually just kind of boring, so I skip them. I think the critiques I had when, during her last tour still stand. She's... yeah. She's big, she's athletic, but she doesn't seem to generate movement in the ring. Yeah, and I I see her on Twitter sometimes and she seems like a really cool person. That's why I hate I hate having to criticize people, but the matches are just kind of boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> and and just for me, I, th- I still feel like she could do with better gear. Yeah. Well, her whole gimmick is weird anyway because when you see her out of the ring, she's like really pretty, like more than way more than you expect from her uh, wrestling character. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it. There's nothing about it, there's nothing about her where I would say, oh, you need to get in better shape or anything like that. And I wouldn't say that about anyone in stardom anyway. But yeah, her gear doesn't suit her. And there's and there's a, a there's a hundred different combinations of gear that would just be perfect for her. Or the gimmick where she starts, she does the pose, putting in the, the mouthpiece and snarling or whatever. Like, I don't know. I I think it's a, uh, if this were Hollywood or the movies or something, it would. I don't know what it would be. I was gonna say miscast. Is that it? Like she just doesn't fit her gimmick. She, she's going for MMA fighter when she should be, Glamazon. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's trying to be Shayna Baszler and she's more Beth Phoenix. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, um, I mean I don't want to say anything mean. It's not like she's bad. It's just sort of just sort of boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nicole Savoy, I'm gonna go through the whole thing again. She seems like the nicest, prettiest girl in the world. My 
God, her matches are fucking boring. Um, Nicole Savoy can do absolutely anything in the ring you put in front yeah. of her. She can do suplexes, kicks. She looks like a star. She carries herself well. She can trade holds. Yeah, she's great, great at chain wrestling. She's got all these things in her toolkit, but just there's not anything that ties them together. Yeah, there's no she, rhyme or reason. She's just it. missing that the thing that make that makes really. I don't know why her matches have no story. I don't either, and I I, I wish because she she dubs herself the Queen of Suplexes. So just go full on fucking ECW Taz and start throwing these little fucking women around. You know, have that intensity. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. That would be my suggestion when nobody asked me. <laughs> <laughs> would just be to go full on ECW Taz, latch onto that suplex shit, and just throw people. It would help if she felt like she had the. She should have the Kelly Klein gimmick, the Killer Instinct gimmick. They they need to switch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although Nicole's Nicole's super pretty too, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean they're both they're both people who should who theoretically have a much higher ceiling in the business. And that that's weird to say because Nicole Savoy is the shimmer champion. Yeah, she is. So But there's just there's something off there. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't either. Um but to speak of someone who, who does have it together, yeah. Let's leave the, uh, let's leave the wrestling coaching for someone who knows what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> um, this next person, I would like to put over at the same level as Dust. She's fucking great, Jamie Hader. Yeah, she. I I I I told you coming into this. I was I was just gonna say I had no idea, and you told me she'd be good. And I was like, yeah, we'll see. And you were right. She's fucking great. Yeah. I, I first saw her in a tournament in Bristol. And she stood out to me as someone who was apart from the rest of the field. You know, she is. Yeah. She yeah. she looks the part. She carries herself like a complete heel. Yeah. And I, and I think, but in a way that people can still enjoy. Oh yeah, and especially here, she she hams it up a lot here. But she she also just she moves with an intensity in the ring, like the 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 that day. Who who was her first match against? Because she killed him, and it looked awesome. Um, who was? I don't remember. But her first match in Stardom was like, that's how you have a first match in Stardom. It's not like it was five stars. Don't get me wrong, but she got over who she is and what she does perfect. I remember that she did the running knee into the ropes where she came off with such momentum she was effectively suspended on the top rope for a few seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Her 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 win loss record has not ref- is is the least reflective of her ability in the five star. But it's uh it's just similar to Dust where they're sort of unknowns for most people, and they came in and they were going to do some jobs to get a chance and. They took that chance by the fucking horns. Yeah, I can't imagine any scenario in which Jamie Hayter does not return. I want to see her and Dust on the same tour, tearing shit up together. Oh, that's a great idea for a tag team. Yeah. I mean, it'd be nice if it could be regular, but they don't live on the same continent. But those two girls have just really impressed. 
Absolutely. And I, I I get to see Jamie Hayter now and then over here still, you know, yeah. threatening to cut off Simba's head with a hunting knife. <laughs> well, the next time you, uh, next time you go up to her merch table, tell her she was the shit in stardom. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things about Eve shows is that not many people sell merchandise aside from Chris Wolf. Really? Well, I think they did, but then Chris Wolf showed up and everyone just joined her queue. And everyone else oh. has just given up. <laughs> They're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine Charlie Morgan must do well, right? Don't people love her? Yeah, they do. Uh, and she, you know, she sells a, a few shirts. But there's been a, the last couple of shows, there's been a notable drop, drop off in terms of the variety of merchandise being sold. Gotcha. So. Yeah. Well... I mean, uh, uh, Chris, 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 Chris Wolf can't help it if she's the most charismatic person on the Indies. That's right. <laughs> follow follow her yeah. on Patreon, everyone. Give her some cash. Yeah, because or, she's uh, she genu- had- she's genuinely living off this shit. She hasn't got a second job. She hasn't got a home. She's nomadic. Go to her Patreon. I forget what she has. She has that thing where you can buy Chris Wolf a coffee. I think that's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. I've given to that a few times when I've when I've been yeah. to shows where I've just like not had any. When I already have all the merchandise she has, and she's yeah. and she's been awesome as usual, it's just like, hey Chris, I, I gave you like twenty quid's worth of coffees because you were <laughs> awesome tonight. <laughs> <laughs> she really is. She's great. Um, but we will end. Uh, Jamie Hayter, she did great. So coming out of this block, who are you reckoning? Oh boy. So this, I mean, if I stick with what I said in the pick'em, I believe I picked Mayu. And I still feel pretty good about that. So we can go over the final matches. Uh, Mayu with eight points has Momo with seven. So, I I mean, if Momo wins, obviously she leapfrogs her and has nine. Uh, if they draw, Momo's still a point down. Um, who else? Kelly Klein. Has Nicole Savoy. Has Nicole Savoy. How's she going to lose that, you know? I think that's pretty straightforward. She She can lose that. Yeah, but it's... I mean, she can. I'm just saying it. I wouldn't expect her. I don't know. I mean, Nicole Savoy's the Shimmer champion. I think she can beat anyone at any time. Who does... Uh, yeah. Um, who does Hazuki? Oh, Hazuki is Natsu. Yes. So how's... Oh, my goodness. She <laughs> could have, we could have the uh, finger poke of doom here. Well, this is the Oedo Tai um, clash, basically, isn't it? So Yeah. So it's on the final day. If she wins, she gets nine points. If nobody else wins, uh, as in nobody being Mayu, Momo, Kelly, she she advances through bullshit, <laughs> <laughs> which would be very o- 08 tie of them. And I think what's the last match? Oh, yeah, uh, Jamie Hayter versus Saki, which has no, imp- yeah. no implications at all. None at all. And there's also uh, Natsu. Oh, I already said Natsu and Hazuki. I'm sorry. So yeah, the final day is going to be real interesting. It'll just be interesting. <laughs> There's not much more to say than that. It'll, <laughs> it all comes down to how they book these finishes with the wins, losses, and draws. Which it's not, how nice is it to say that about wrestling, Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> when you have the fucking road dog telling me wins and losses don't matter, or <laughs> um, telling you the story you just watched them do for two months is not the story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or telling me, uh, or not telling me, but just booking AJ Styles to have. What has he had in the past? So in the past two years, out of 
24 pay-per-view matches or something, like 15 have ended in bullshit. Like really? every AJ style. Yeah. I saw it, I believe, on Twitter. Someone actually counted them all. Oh. And it's like 75% of AJ Styles' pay-per-view matches end with bullshit. That is, oh, that is horrible. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> the point is, fuck you, Road Dog. Wins and losses matter. <laughs> or at least they should. <laughs> they should matter. But no, don't fuck the road dog. Actually, I take that back. I, <laughs> I, I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how he is as a booker. But I was a young punk ass teenager when the New Age Outlaws were around, so I'll always have a soft spot for the, uh, the Outlaws. Even though, I mean, everyone knows they couldn't work for shit, but they were a fun team. Oh, believe me, I just got past the point where the Headbangers were world were tag champions in oh. Cure for the Common podcast. So oh. you know, I've seen I've seen some. Bad tag team champions. I mean, the Godwins <laughs> won it from them. So, yeah, I'm, that was actually. I am literally I begging for the New Age Outlaws at this point. <laughs> Maybe that's why I loved them so much. I was like, oh shit! You mean tag team wrestling doesn't suck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or at yeah. least you can have a team that isn't made of hillbillies or whatever the headbangers are. Whatever they were, where were they from? SMW? Where were they? From? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sucked. Um, so, I mean, after the five star ends, which is on the twenty fourth, after the five star ends, we have a lot of announced matches to for what I think it's the uh, oh yes Nagoya International Conference Center on September the thirtieth. Right, a bunch of interesting stuff has popped up, including a World of Stardom versus Wonder of Stardom Championship versus Championship match. Yeah, where the hell did that come from? I'm happy it happened, yeah. but that, that's out of nowhere. Yeah, I saw that. So, yeah, we got Kagetsu versus Momo, and I mean, unless that match ends in bullshit... Which it will. <laughs> well, I mean, probably, but still. That that match is going to be a, a draw. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm down for either one of them having two belts, but I don't really see what business sense it is. Yeah, uh, we also have a Goddesses of Stardom tag title match. That's Mayu and Saki versus Jungle and Natsukatora. Mayu and Saki versus Jungle and... No, 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 no. What show are you looking at? Uh, is that true? Yeah. That is true. 30th because in Nagoya. What the hell? Am I crazy? Go to their Stardom page. Well, yeah, actually, no, there's a there's a daytime show and an evening show. Okay, I, that's I'm not crazy. why I'm That's why you're confused, yeah. Because... Yeah. The yeah, the daytime show is headlined by Kagetsu versus Momo, and then the yes. evening show is headlined, I think, by the Stardom ta- by the Goddess match, and there is also an Artist of Stardom title match between Jan On and Mai Saki show. and Na- and Tam during the daytime. Bam! That's what it. Uh, we also have for the daytime show Utami versus Jamie Hater. That'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. I think from the daytime show. Uh... Out of nowhere again, there's going to be a shimmer title defense with Nicole Savoy versus Konami. So that could be really good. Especially if Konami gets a win and does a US tour. That's right. <laughs> Please win. <laughs> yeah, but I think Shimmer's all Chicago, so I won't get to see her anyway. Ah, but uh, yeah, some interesting stuff set to follow up as well. So Yeah, so there's some really cool stuff coming up there. And did you see? Because this really matters. Did you see Utami's haircut? Does it? It looks like she shaved part of her head or something. 
Um, Did you see it, that? It may have always had an undercut, and we just okay. can't tell, usually. Okay, yeah. That's probably it, then. Yeah, because it's, like, really noticeable in the uh, the, the promo photos. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm a couple of tweets below you on the stardom page watching uh, Tam Nakano pour the air like a madwoman. <laughs> oh, that thing is awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that she ends it with the karate pose. Yeah. Yeah, Tom, Tom is great. So, so that's the GP up until now. Yeah, I think we're almost on to our projects. We are. Um, we haven't mentioned projects in a while. You actually took one on again. I did. You didn't. What were you? What were you doing? Uh, I was trying to rewatch a whole bunch of Stardom from 2012. Aha! Uh-huh. You were going in the wayback machine. Yeah. Well, I uh, I always have been meaning to watch uh, EO and watch her entire run of second red title belt matches um i got about a third through that and i'll i'll finish it someday i took a break though and changed it because nxt remembered that they employed uh kyrie hojo now kyrie sane uh so i knew just sort of from feeling the air so to speak that she hadn't had a lot of wwe matches um i didn't know how many though so I figured I would just watch them all. <laughs> and I did. Uh, I believe in the end it was something like 10 or 12. Um, but yeah, so these are all on the network. There was a match I saw. Uh, well, technically I didn't see it. Where she lost on Access Weekend this past year to Peyton Royce, which is odd. Um, but whatever. That's uh, that's just the only match of note that I haven't seen, and it's only of note because she lost. And I think that's one of those starter feud things where she probably did not lose clean. Yeah, probably. But uh, I was going to say, you really... I mean, I know she's not in WWE yet, where they r- ruin everything, but NXT has really taken good care of her. Even though she hasn't been on TV, as far as wins and losses, she's really well protected. It's really just the, sh- the shame and loss, really. Yeah. Yeah, so... So, okay, let me go through these. The first match I saw was, and I, I skipped her appearance in the Royal Rumble and stuff like that. I, I've seen it. it. I don't really, it has nothing to do with this, I guess, by rules I made up as I went along. Um, so the first match I saw was the first match against Lacey Evans. Um, Evans kept doing this weird thing where she would get her in a sleeper, and she didn't know how to just get out of the hold without looking bad like without i guess just giving it up so every time she released a sleeper she sort of like tossed her but not it's hard to explain but it was a really dumb looking spot and she did it twice um yeah so that match sucked and Kyrie was just good at being a baby face because she's Kyrie. uh the second match i saw and i believe at first i was in order and then i wasn't um in the second half of this, I think I got a little out of order. But if someone knows better than me, uh, feel free to tell me. So the second match I saw was against Vanessa Bourne. Um, Kyrie changed her gear. Uh, that was about the most noticeable thing. She changed to yellow fishnet and darker hair. Uh, as opposed to the, you know, the classic white silver look. Um, Bourne got a little bit of offense in and then... Kyrie just killed her, and it was over. 
Um, then I saw uh, versus Shaza McKenzie, who I believe is an Australian. Um, and I think I even saw her live at Shimmer 100. She's okay. Um, which this match you wouldn't know because I'm not see- sure I've seen a squash like this since, you know, the Steiner brothers in the eighties or something <laughs> or nineties. Um, Shaza got, she didn't get a single move in, not even one. I'm not even exaggerating. She got zero moves in. Kyrie hit her five spots and pinned her just over a minute. Done. There was a fun match on NXT, I think it was last week, where Shayna Baszler was facing someone and that person was hit once and then never got off the ground again. <laughs> and Shayna, Shayna, made, Shayna made the last match last a couple of minutes, but... Yeah. This person just took one bump and then was tortured. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the NXT squash matches. They're pretty fun. Yeah, well, they feel like squashes, yeah. don't they? Yeah, they really do. Um, after this match, though, uh, it probably started up what's been her best stuff outside of Shayna. Um, I know I just shit on the first match with Lacey Evans. So Lacey came out after the Shaza squash and apprenticed to pretended to apologize to Kyrie and then just punched her in the face. I guess that's her big move is just a punch to the face. Um, so we get the rematch. Uh, Kyrie's pissed off and bum rushes her. And then Lacey Evans decides to show everyone she's got some really fucking nasty chops. So they get into this fucking chop battle and it's awesome. And then uh, Kyrie hits the uh, the Destino, the Nido Destino. Um... And that's, I, I don't know. I don't need to give the whole rundown of the match, but uh, it ended with Kyrie coming off the top rope into another fist and she lost. But it was a much, much better match than the first one and made me like Evans. Uh, well, start to like Evans. So then in the next match, it's Evans again, who uh, she looked great here again. Uh, she came out, it was sort of cool, she came out, and she wears those gloves that she takes off or whatever. And when she took the one glove off, she made a fist and showed that on the back of her fist was Kyrie's name, so she's got a fist with her name on it. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Kyrie came out, uh, worked over the fist so that she wouldn't get punched in the face again. But she has uh, Evan's... Evans looked good the whole thing. She's got the nice punching offense, <laughs> which doesn't sound great, but it is when it looks good. Uh, she, she at one point in this thing, um, got Kyrie down and then put her hands on her and started doing push-ups on her, which was fucking great. But the finish to this one was Evans just missing a huge moonsault. She got a lot of air, uh, but missed it. And Kyrie finished her off in one, um, but yeah, so that was really good shit and actually made me a fan of Lacey Evans. She's got talent. She's definitely improved a lot this year. And yeah, she's got tremendous athleticism as well. Uh, I mean, her, her her gimmick is corny. She's got yeah. the big fake boobs. And it, it's just not the... T- she's not the type you would expect to be good, if that makes sense. But she's really good. She feels like a spare Charlotte in some ways. But I... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I prefer her to Charlotte, so... I was just going to say that, and I didn't know if, if that was Sacrilege. going too far. Yeah. No, I don't really like Charlotte, <laughs> so... 
I don't like her either, but I she has had some good matches. There was that one year uh, where that triple threat with Sasha and Bailey was like the best match at Wrestle fucking. Oh, no, Charlotte can have good matches. It's just I'm I've always liked everyone else more. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she could she could work at times, like uh, the match with Oscar. Despite the fucking finish was really good yeah i my, my main issues with 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 her are her her mood salt looks like a slinky falling downstairs and i think she has a real charisma vacuum yeah she does yeah. And, and, and she doesn't come off as likable and they want her to be likable and it just doesn't well work. they act like she's like this hugely charismatic person but she isn't so it, it just yeah. it feels worse <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like pretending Bobby Lashley's the Rock. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at first, they they got rid of it. I don't know if this was just Mauro Ronaldo or stupid ass WWE naming moves, but so she's got the insane elbow, which makes sense because it's you know best elbow elbow drop in the business. Um, but it's sort of corny, you know. Kyrie saying insane elbow, it's sort of corny. The interceptor is a cool name for her spear, but also makes no sense like what is that related to at all why are you calling it that uh i think we had this discussion before i think it's a kind of boat oh i don't think i've had if i if i talk to you about that <laughs> i have totally forgotten well in that case um, i had that conversation <laughs> with chris and i pointed out it, it's probably yeah. a kind of boat okay that makes more sense <laughs> um i thought it was really fucking stupid to name re- rename the alabama slam into the tokyo slam like I, I I would watch some Kyrie Hojo matches at the time on Samurai TV with announcers, and they called it the Alabama Slam. Like Bob Holly's lasting legacy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you you don't. Like, I don't know. I, I hate that move anyway. I love that no, move. It, Why it do you looks hate it? great, but it's it, you can't you yeah. can't fake it. Is the problem? It's yeah, a real yeah, whiplash move. I mean, I I I, I watched someone. I watched a. Uh, a uh, guy who's a friend of a friend take that move on, on the indies and he took a sit out uh-huh. version of it and it was just the loudest bump I've ever heard in a ring before or since it was terrifying <laughs> yeah and like yeah I, that move is no bullshit yeah yeah so i if if it's all possible i don't like people to t- have to take it yeah okay i can give you that it does look great it though. does it does um yeah and then the other thing, I forget what he was even talking about, but Moro had one call at one point where he called something a flying kabuki elbow. Like, what the fuck? I mean, maybe he's even talking about the great kabuki, but what the fuck? What he, shut up. Yes, she's Japanese. Get the fuck over it. <laughs> but, but luckily, they did. They don't call it that stupid shit anymore. I mean, maybe once she goes up to the main roster and Anyway, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> so I did see more of these matches. <laughs> um, so after all the Lacey Evans stuff, this is where I don't know if I saw it in order because the WWE Network search function is sort of wonky. So I had to do some finagling. Um, I saw the second Shayna Baszler match, Baszler match, and I thought it was a good match. Uh I love Shayna Baszler. I don't give a fuck. I love her. I know some people don't. I love her. I don't know who that who these people would be. I am also a massive fan of Shayna Baszler. She is the shit. 
Um, but yeah, some people don't like her because she doesn't run the ropes because, you know, again, and she even does run, like, shut up. I don't know. Shane is awesome. I'm sorry. Not running the ropes does not make you a bad wrestler at all. <laughs> it, she is the person who works most like her character in the company. Yeah, Shayna is fucking great. And they got Ronda Rousey having to do all this, do, do all the traditional shit on the main roster. Shayna's yeah. just being Shayna. Exactly. And when Ronda turns heel, Shayna's going to be up there kicking the shit out of people. It's going to be wonderful. Um, yeah, but this isn't about Shayna. Um, but she won this match, and the, I thought this was cool. Just as a quick aside, because it was in the old center stage, the old uh, WCW building, which was sort of neat. Um, then I saw a Peyton Royce match and I have in my notes here that it's the third time I've heard them promote, pronounce Kyrie's hometown differently. She's apparently from Yamaguchi, Yamagumi and Yamagachi. Um, yeah, uh, match was fine. Uh, whatever. Uh, then I saw her against Billy Kay because if you fight one, the other, you fight the other, um, it was a nothing match. I also have in my notes here, did Sane's theme song change? So they might have remixed it around this time. I have no clue. No, what, uh, th- what you've precisely done here is watch every single match in reverse order. Mm. So you, the, the Billy Kay stuff would have been her earliest matches and she would have still had, had the theme that she used during the Mayon Classic and then they switched it to what it is now. Oh. Because the series against um, Old American, Lacey Evans, whatever, was after yeah. the Shayna match. Oh, okay. So I bet what I was doing was they were showing me most recent first, and I was just going left to right. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's my guess. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what you did. I mean, yeah. as a British person, um, if I explain how dates work to you, it's going to be complicated anyway, <laughs> because it's different. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the month goes first. Why would it? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um yeah okay so i think you're right because the next match i saw was Aaliyah, and that was her nxt debut um and she was over big off the back of that may young the pop for her was real big my notes aren't very clear uh it says will this be one of the matches where Aaliyah's fucking terrible and then all I have after that is, can WWE wrestlers stop doing rest holds? <laughs> so I don't know. I guess I didn't like this match. It, it's it's Aaliyah. There's, she's one of those yeah. people who is better than some people say, but not good enough to not be in the position she's in. Right. So right. she she's just a jobber and will be for a goddamn long time, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean... If I had to put a percent on it, I would say, or not a percent, but a statistic on it, I would say one or two out of ten matches of hers are good. I mean, it depends what you mean by good, but... Well, not like, not the real meaning of good, but passable. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't really dislike Aaliyah, it's just that she is where she is, and there's always going to be people who come in and overtake her. Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. So I don't know what her prospects are. Yeah. Um, and then I finished it off by going right back out of order again. I saw Kyrie Sane versus Nikki Cross versus Candice LeRae. Uh, and I put 
excellent match, best match that wasn't the Mae Young Classic. So I guess I liked it more than all of the Lacey Evans matches, which makes sense. Nikki Cross can work her ass off, and Candice is certainly talented. Um, so, yeah, I love that match, and that's where it ended. And it took me about two hours to watch her entire TV career up to that point. I don't know because I don't – I watch TakeOver, but I don't really watch NXT. Um so I don't know. I don't even know if she's had matches since she won the title. Has she had matches on TV? I have no not idea. to my recollection. No, it's crazy. Well, I think they've been concentrating on you know the returns of a couple of other people. I've, it's only been a couple of weeks, I think. So yeah, give, yeah. Give, and NXT give, does yeah, do give them time. NXT does do the thing where people will just fucking disappear. Like Velveteen Dream, he had the breakout match, and then you didn't see him for two months. <laughs> so. It just happens. Um, so I think I think WWE has handled NXT has handled her uh, really well. Um, she's only lost to Evans, who is a good prospect, a really good prospect, and to Baszler, who is the shit. So she's well protected. The commentary is always talking about how she's great. So they're doing good on that. Um, they're not talking about fucking bonsai trees or whatever they're going to do on the main roster. Yeah, so that's all I had. And that was before she faced Baszler at the uh, TakeOver event and won the title. So good for Kyrie. Her, her stuff was awesome. She finally, after a year and a half, has a t-shirt. Go buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's one of the ones that doesn't suck. So, Yeah, I mean, it's not great. It's like her name above and below a... We, you know, those big boat wheel things? A wheel, yeah. A wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Getting too technical again. Um, yeah, boat wheel thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the boat wheel thing. But yeah, I'd just buy it to give her money because Kyrie's saying it's the, she's, she's great. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Shayna Baszler, I don't give a fuck.